She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out. A podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. We just took the candy and got in the stranger's car and didn't really ask where the stranger wanted to take us. Mm. That's what it kind of feels like with social media. We never asked. It was just like, oh, this is tasty. Why not? It's free. It's free, yeah. Oh, he's just a benevolent guy. He's, you know, yeah, he's going to give me a ride home. (laughs) In case you don't know by now, dear listener, I tend to not make my decisions the same way Alistair does. Eternally frustrating. <laughs> I think Julie Roxanne should read every book I recommend immediately after I recommend it. And it frustrates me when she doesn't. And I'm still learning to accept this. Kind of burned the bridge and, uh, and blew, blew the ship away and left with a beautiful explosion in the background. Just imagine walking away from the explosion. I almost wish you could have actually blown up Facebook. (laughs) We've been on like a three-day bender and and we woke up on the front lawn and we're not looking so hot. (laughs) Maybe we we need to think about, you know, checking into rehab or something. And I... I, To a brand new episode. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode. Beautiful listener. I beautiful completely listener. For, forgot to say that. We, <laughs> we always call them beautiful listener. Hi, beautiful. how are you? We love you. We're so happy you're here. And uh, we have a really cool conversation for you today. Yes, this one's about social media and some of the questions we've asked ourselves as we grapple with how involved we want to be on different social media platforms. There's a great summary of what we talked about. Why don't we get into it? Let's get into it. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, Alistair. Good morning, everyone. Yes, welcome back to the Far Out Podcast. (laughs) As always, it's great to have you here. It is great. Especially you. Yeah, you. You, right now. You know, you know who I'm talking to. It's you. (laughs) Thanks for being here. We we didn't say it much in the we, we realized we don't say it as often as we should in the last episode. Yeah. So I want to say it now at the front. Yes. We love you. We and love we're you. really glad you're here. Thank you for being here. It it's, means the world. It's incredible that you spend your time with us. Yes, it is. And so we just want to thank you for that. I th- actually this is a great segue into today's conversation, what we spend our time and attention on, because we want to talk about social media today. Yeah. I think we both had kind of a conflicted relationship. Sure, for sure. (laughs) About social media. And more recently, I went off, you've been off Facebook for a while, for years at this point. And I went off Facebook more or less completely last fall. So almost a year ago. I went on once to post that we had gotten engaged. And then I signed off immediately and didn't even look at like what anyone said. And I still don't know. And that was, that was about nine months ago. And now I just feel this dread. I don't ever want to go back to Facebook if I can avoid it. I feel like I need to go once, but I I really would like to stay off of it. So it's been a bit of an experiment for me. I'm not on Twitter. Twitter's never really been my my thing. And 
I've tried with Instagram, but I, I honestly, at the bottom of my heart, hate it. And so I haven't, we haven't shared an Instagram account that we, that, that you post on and occasionally I look at, but I've, ba- I've mainly been off social media for almost a year now. And there's a couple things that really influenced me in making that decision for myself. And I, I knew that like I was feeling uncomfortable about social media and I was feeling uncomfortable about the way I seemed to always feel when I spent too much time on it and the way the rest of my day could feel mm. or days sometimes days I would get triggered or it just, I could tell there was a quality, especially since I would go backpacking or something and spend a lot of time off. And then I'd come back to it. It became more obvious, you know, instead of it being like drip, 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 where you never really realize it's always happening because you're never off it long enough. Mm-hmm. I was seeing that there was some sort of contrast. And it was, yeah, I think also through meditation and these things, it was getting more constant for me or, or I was becoming more aware of it. And I read a book uh, by Jared Lanier. Actually, I first heard this, what I'm going to say on a podcast was with Sam Harris. It was Jared Lanier and, and Sam Harris on a podcast. And Sam Harris had said, you know, he made the common kind of trope, well, you are the product with social media. And Jared Lanier, who uh, is kind of a godfather of like the Silicon Valley era, he, you know, he was back there before it was known mm. as Silicon Valley. Yeah. And he's turned into kind of a tech philosopher, on this stuff and very interesting. And um, he caught my attention because on that podcast, he said, no, that's not true, Sam. Uh, it's, you're not the product. Your, their ability to change your behavior is the product. And that gave me chills. Cause when I thought about it and it was like, it's a really big distinction because basically it's your free will. That's the product. They're selling your free will. They're selling the ability to have people be able to change what you do. That scared me. Uh, so that was a big red flag. The other thing that really came up, I, I spent a little bit of time where I kind of really dedicated a lot of time to thinking about this and trying to come up with a, a philosophy or some some system that I could implement about it because it's so confusing for me. I'd like to have like just kind of a rule book around this and I still don't totally, but... In case you didn't know by now, Alistair really likes to I like have my systems. 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 It's yeah. very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I was doing some other reading. Uh, there's another book that that really was fascinating, which is called The Attention Merchants. And it's by, I think his name is Tim Wu. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking a lot about the relationship between social media and attention, because also I spend a lot of time meditating and practicing mindfulness. And I was just thinking about like, how do these relate, you know? And at the end of the day, right, like, this, I think one of the spiritual questions of life is, what am I going to spend my attention on? Where, you know, that, that's like, if you, if you ask the question of like, okay, how am I going to spend my time? It's not really your time. Time doesn't, but what, what you have is attention. Mm-hmm. And it's not something you can collect. It's not something you can save for a rainy day or, you know, spend your old store of. It's, it's something that you have in every moment and you have to spend it. If you want to use that kind of metaphor, you have you have to pay attention to something every moment, mm-hmm. and that's you know that's sacred. That's something we learn how to develop uh, our attention and our focus in meditation, and it's something we ultimately start. You know, in in meditation, you start to realize that this is everyone's sacred power is this attention, and that it's really powerful, and that we don't have very good control over it. Mm. In fact, we have almost none. We barely ever can focus our attention. And with meditation, 
we can kind of develop our focus and our skills. And we can also just, just realize what a gift it is and how powerful it is to give ourselves our attention and to give other people our attention and to give, you know, the world and, and any living being our attention is powerful and to receive it as well. And then, you know, as I started exploring that in relation to social media, which is basically a marketplace for attention and a place that farms out your attention and sells it. And that's its job. And it's really concerning. Those were basically the two lines of thought and it, and really supported by Jared Lanier's book. What is it? 10 Arguments for, Ten arguments deleting, for deleting Your, your social, social Media, media accounts. accounts. Yeah, uh, we'll link these both in the show notes. And then also Tim Wu's Attention Merchants which, Merchants, which is a fascinating history of about the last 100, 150 years around this industry, this massive industry that has come up around harvesting and selling attention. Mm. There's another interesting book that I won't get into here, but if you want to go on this pathway that I'd also recommend as like a third on this list is The Shallows. Mm. And I think it's I think the subtext to that is like what the internet's what modern science is showing us or like what the internet's showing or doing to our minds or I how that's our, what it is. how the internet's in. changing our minds. Yeah. So I'll link that one too because I think it's also worth looking at. But that really uh shifted my when I really thought about it and Jared Lanier makes some other great great points and as well it's not just that there are collective issues here mm. and I think you know it ended up just being a personal arithmetic basically where and I started doing experiments where I went off longer and, and stuff like this and I just started to pay attention and when I paid attention <laughs> to the ways I wasn't paying that I basically realized it was a way I wasn't paying attention yeah and I and I could be in the caravan. I think I remember this too. Is like I bought a caravan in rural France, and when I'm on social media, I'm in California or in the U.S. or in the you know what I mean. Like my yeah. head is somewhere else. It's not actually here where yeah. I am. And I'd spend hours not where I was. Yeah. And so as I started to pay attention to this, I just realized that I wasn't really on social media because I wanted to be on social media. I was on social media because of fear. I was I was worried not to be on it. Wasn't exactly sure why. It's kind of a vague fear. There's definitely FOMO, like, oh, maybe there'll be an opportunity, mm. or maybe like someone, like, this is a way for people to read my writing, a bunch of stuff like that, which has turned out to be bogus. Yeah. We, since quitting social media, all of our businesses have grown and really started. Yeah. That happened all after social media, it had nothing to do with it for at least not very much. And then there was also just, this is an addiction. The times I would turn to social media were never really great times. You know, it was always usually when I wanted a distraction. And then I go down that like kind of dark rabbit hole and I'd come out of it and just realize like, yeah, someone's really fucking with my feelings and my emotions. It felt like there, you know, like it wasn't, you feel like a little hacked, mm. like, like things get like kind of distressed and triggered and stuff like that. And it didn't feel very good. So the personal arithmetic that I still am at right now is that, yeah, there's there's some benefits of social media, no doubt. And I've seen them sometimes. But for me, and I think it's a personal equation, it's going to work differently for everyone based on your benefits and, and your pain. But I, I would definitely recommend actually asking. I don't think we really ask. I feel like uh, yeah. I feel like it's like a stranger came with some candy and we just took the candy and got in the stranger's car and didn't really ask where the stranger wanted to take us. Mm. That's what it kind of feels like with social media. We never asked. It was just like, oh, this is tasty. Why not? It's free. It's free. Yeah. Oh, he's just a benevolent guy. He's, <laughs> you know, yeah, he's going to give me a ride home. 
It's going to help me connect with my friends and the people I love. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is going to make the world better. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I just realized I, when I did that math, the, the costs way outweighed the benefits. And I've got to say, I've been a lot happier off social media. That's a good point. It's kind of hard to argue with the fact that you're happier without social media. Um, I've also, I haven't read all the books you mentioned. I've read the Jared Lanier one. In case you don't know by now, dear listener, I tend to not make my decisions the same way Alistair does. Eternally frustrating. <laughs> I think Julie Roxanne should read every book I recommend immediately after I recommend it. And it frustrates me when she doesn't. And I'm still learning to accept this. Uh, some some books I read, some books I just I just don't. I put it off, and then I never do. It's just yeah. That my attention. I'm I'm very aware of my attention and where I want to direct it. Not all the time, but um, on in this case particularly. And um, yeah, so I really like that book. It was disturbing to say the least. This yeah, disturbing because he brought. They're not your common. Uh, arguments for deleting social media or for against social media. He actually says social media, the idea is great. It's just what we've done with it and the way we're doing it is actually really flawed. But at the core, it's pretty utopian and amazing to imagine we could do that. And I was already off social media when I read this book. I deleted my Facebook years ago after spending time in India and not having it for a month and then logging on one time and realizing like, oh my God, this is this is just a world I don't want to be in and just deleting everything. I was also at a time where I was burning a lot of bridges in my life and not like wanting to connect with a lot of people anymore. Um, I took, I gave everyone I, I, I liked my email address uh, through Messenger, then deleted every single person in my friends list. Is that how it's called? The friends on, on Facebook? And uh, and then deleted it, which made it so that even if I went back on it, it would take me a long time to actually find my friends again and all that. So kind of burned the bridge and, uh, and blew, blew the ship away and left with a beautiful explosion in the background. Just imagine <laughs> me walking away from the explosion. I almost wish you could have actually blown up Facebook. <laughs> I don't, but yeah. Well, in my case, it was very valuable. And I think, so when I read this book, I was actually not really on social media. I think we, we've dabbled with Instagram as a couple. Like we've had a kind of a, an account that we use for this podcast and also to keep in touch with certain people because that's one thing I'm realizing is uh, people just don't answer emails. Like, there's just it's just not a thing. And <clears throat> as I'm now having a phone that's my own, because for a while we, on we only had a phone for both of us, now I have a phone that's my own, and I have, like, no phone numbers and texts and all that. I don't respond to friends' emails as fast. Well, also, I'm working now, which I wasn't before, so I had more time to dedicate to that, but... And I'm way more inclined to like think, oh God, if they only had, a, if only they had a phone number, I could send a short text and then we'd be in touch, you know? And I recognize it's not the same, 
But uh, yeah. there's an attention grab to that, right? Like if you get it like through a notification on your phone yeah. and you got a little red dot yeah. saying there's something or, you know, like, or there's a, it vibrates or something. It grabs your attention and email does not grab your attention. It's true. It asks for it and waits. Yes. It's a very different style of conversation. Which is why I loved, I loved having people not communicate to me through notification and stuff and say, hey, I don't have a phone number anymore. I'm off. I'm traveling. The only way to reach me is by email. And it was kind of a way to say, hey, if you want to be in touch, you have to be in touch. And I'm I'm not going to be because most of those people, I didn't even have their email address. So it's like, if you want to get in touch, you're going to have to send me something because I'm deleting Facebook tonight. So it's like, it was kind of an intense moment. But yeah, since we joined Facebook as a kind of couple account. Instagram. Uh, yeah, Instagram. I think we've had interesting connections happen. Like people that were not connecting with us started connecting more with us. I think mainly like your cousins and stuff like that, which has been really nice. Basically, a lot of times it's the younger generation. That's very true. And, and this is what is tough is I realize I'm getting older because I prefer to go by email and then people don't respond and they don't check their email for a week. And to yeah. me, that yeah. that's nuts. But for their earlier, younger generation, it's just not where they are. It's mm. not where they communicate. So that's challenging. And this is something I've struggled with kind of having the Instagram account is because mainly you've made those connections or, they, or they've reached out and you've told me about them because I've stayed off. Yeah, I, the couple account I was handling myself. I don't look at anything. If someone messages me, I will message them back. Yeah. But that's only because you've told me. And I do get a little bit of a fear of missing out. Or like I can see that there's conversations going on that I'm not really involved in or I'm opting out of by not being on there. And I think that's part of the trouble or the challenge I've had is that you, you share some of the things and I'm glad to be connected with them. And it's amazing. And I would like to hear some of that stuff and, and be able to, to, to respond. But the price is too high to stay plugged into that network for me. It has such an effect on the rest of my day in life. And the conversations tend to be of a fairly trivial, like th there can be deep conversations on there and you can talk to that. Yeah. But tend for me not to be uh so the value of it seems questionable and i just can't i can't justify staying on the platform for that stuff even though it is great uh because the downside is just so high that's that's understandable i think i'm at a similar point in my journey because up until we had just a, a couple's account I started following people that were interesting to me through our couples account. And I wanted to, I found myself wanting to share stuff that were more relevant to me when in fact, like a lot of the people who were following us on that, on our duo account were your friends who, because in the beginning that account was yours and you were publishing through Facebook. So I didn't want to like barge in and share my, my stuff about like, you know, period positivity and women liberation and all these things. You don't think everyone wants to hear about that? <laughs> I think everyone should want to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's a little, I think it was before the summer or like a few weeks after we got married. Around the time we left for the US, I decided to create my own Instagram account. And so... I did this and 
Man, that was kind of a, a crazy time in my life. It was all of a sudden I was connecting with a lot of different ideas that I had no way to hear about otherwise. I was following women who I think are super badass and were like showing me ways to do things differently, super inspiring. Um, I've gotten to understand things from like the kind of work that I want to do through Instagram. I've gotten a lot of inspiration. This is the best way to say it. It's like I went on there and I got a shitload of inspiration. It was it was so much that like it was also frying my brain a lot. Like I found myself getting very quickly addicted to it. So this was in June and we're like in end of August. Uh, I found myself getting really quickly addicted to it. Found myself in the beginning, I was just scrolling once a day and then I was scrolling every second I had. And then I was craving moments of downtime to be able to scroll and look at all the stories. And that is coming from, I mean, I think I was pretty intentional with the people I was following. And every so often I would go through all the list of the people I was following and just unfollow anyone who just didn't resonate fully with me because I didn't want to have like my attention sucked out of me even more. But this is where I ended up like coming to recently, which is, ooh, okay, it's been really nice. I've gotten a lot out of this. And this is just on the inspirational front, right? So I got a lot out of it. I need a break. There's been a lot of information and I do need a break to be back with myself again. And lo and behold, I mean, I think I didn't delete my account. My account's still here and I'm going back on it whenever I'll, I'll feel ready for it. But I deleted the app because, you know, it got to a point where I would have a moment of downtime, like literally two minutes would automatically my hand would grab my phone and then go on the app. And before I even knew what was happening, I was already scrolling down. It's like, that's kind of messed up. You know, it's like, what kind of monster lives in this, in this thing? And I know enough about the algorithms and the way they do stuff that, that I realized that, Oh, okay. This is, I just need to kind of step away for a minute. And, um, Actually, one of the women I was following, like, came back on after like a month off saying like, oh, I just found myself reaching for my phone one day when I didn't even know what was happening, decided to delete the app for a month. And now I'm back. You know, it's kind of just a nice little detox for once in a while. So this is where I'm at right now. I think I've deleted the app like maybe a week ago. And oh, I'm reading again. I'm... Uh, I'm not waking up and scrolling right as I wake up. I'm not staying up like an hour after you because I'm like scrolling in the dark of like right before going into bed like an addict. Um, that's been really nice. I think we can not realize how many little moments of the day it eats up, right? And there's that, I think it's an Annie Dillard quote where it's like, uh, the way you spend your days is in fact, the way you spend your life or something that's yeah. paraphrasing it, but it's like, that's the main idea. And I, you know, you can definitely take that down to seconds and minutes and the way you spend seconds and minutes is adds up to a lifetime as well. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's definitely worth asking how we want to spend our time. And then there's the collective question of how do we want to be together? And I think as I've, gone through this exploration i've started to also pay attention to that and i think there's some like obviously that's quite the conversation these days is there's a lot of concerning collective issues around this too i think it's interesting just hearing what you were saying 
to notice the differences in the way we react to social media based on our type. You're an INFP. I'm an INTJ. Mm-hmm. You tend to like to look for like you kind of you like to have like visual models or, oh, yeah. uh, of like what you might want to aspire to that works for you and like kind of envisioning what's next and and brainstorming. I tend to go out in the world to look for ideas. And I find the ideas on social media. I mean, I've never really found an idea that really impacted me on social media. I mean, there's the form, the platform doesn't really allow for it. I mean, books, blogs, podcasts, those have all changed my mind on things. Mm-hmm. The social media, it's like kind of running your finger on the top of a, a on the top of a pond. You, you know, it's just it's too shallow to really leave any kind of mark for very long. And the idea is just they don't have really they don't really have enough space or or depth to really act on me in the way that if I spend focused intention and time on exploring someone's ideas or thoughts on on something in a book or in some sort of longer format, that can have a real impact on my life. But I just don't see the same with social media for me. Uh, that's totally understandable. And I think, as you pointed out, this is just two very different ways of functioning. I think one thing that helped me uh, uh, since getting back on social media was I have an iPhone. And on the iPhones, they have the the screen time option. The, the, it's kind of a thing for you to have a report of how long you spend on your phone per week or per day. And uh, you can also put time limits on certain apps so that they will tell you like, hey, you've been on this app for 15 minutes. You can still ask for 15 minutes more, but like you, at least they tell you what's going on. And one day I realized I was scrolling for what felt like maybe two minutes. And in the end, I had added 15 minutes to my time three times. So it was like 45 minutes or an hour in and it felt like 10 minutes had passed. And so that's one way to like freak out a little bit. But I think the day I deleted the app, I went actually and finally read the reports because I installed the screen time like maybe a month ago and I, I never looked at the reports. The report said that I was I had picked up my phone like I can't even remember it was a crazy number, like a hundred times in one day or something. Jeez. And and or eighty-nine. I I can't even remember. And then it said that like per day I was spending like two hours and a half on the phone. And it's very different when you see all that time added up and when I'm complaining that I don't have enough time in the day. And I was like, holy shit. Okay. All right. I'm granted there's probably 30 minutes or maybe 45 minutes of this that is like connecting with my family, responding to texts, maybe doing more work related things. But like, I know that a, a majority of that time is just me wasting my energy away into this like virtual space where I'm not even kind of not fully participating in. I'm observing, I'm being kind of a voyeur and I'm not really, it's not... I don't feel powerful. And I think it's not just the energy you waste and the time you waste and the attention you waste in that moment, right? Because we both struggled with comparing uh-huh. because of social media. True. And that will happen for hours or days after. True. And it's totally ridiculous. Like the things I will compare to, and sometimes I feel like social media is serving it up because it knows me and it knows what's going to like get me in that mode for whatever reason. Yeah, It's beneficial to the platform, I guess. 
and because I, I can end up on like a three day thing, you know, like, and it takes me that long to get out of it where like I saw someone that I really haven't ever, ever been a friend of, but right. we got connected and I shouldn't be fought. Like, there's no reason to follow him because our lives went different ways. We only ever just like crossed the road together, basically. Yeah. And he's doing something totally different. I have no context for his life or how he's feeling. And I'm seeing a totally uh, imaginary world. Yeah. And I'm basically just projecting my own fears, concerns, desires onto this. And it can end up me comparing for hours or days and just being in really bad mindsets. There's so much energy wasted in that. Mm -hmm. And I know you've reported similar things. I have. I have. And that's, you are usually helpful for me to understand like, oh yeah, I might need to get out of that zone because I have a general, uh, I took an archetype test recently and one of my archetypes was, um, well, the top ones was like, I'm a seeker and it can be, uh, classic INFP. Yeah. And it can be explained in the sense like the grass is always greener somewhere else. And that is, that has a lot of value because I'm always looking for ways to improve, ways to reach fulfillment. This is also what I do for people. I see the potential and I help them reach it, all these things, but it can also be an endless striving. And when my, my kind of mental black box, I, I, I tend to think about it like because I was a cook, I tend to think about it as like this giant pot you know like those giant italian mama pots that they carry i have that in the back of my brain and like i dump things in it and then i make a soup with what's in there and i have to be pretty mindful about what i put there and sometimes if i put too many things then you know if you've ever tried doing a soup with 15 uh 15, different ingredients then you know it's not very good you know, you need, I need to keep it simple to make it good. And we know this is a secret to great cooking. So, yeah. <laughs> One other thing I've noticed that, that you're talking about, like how much time you've been spending, is how I felt as your partner uh-huh. with that. And I can see it when your face does a to your phone yeah. and you're looking at your phone instead of me. And, you know, yeah, you, it can be during the downtime or when I'm cooking or, which is not often guys, let's be real. But, <laughs> when I'm washing the dishes, more realistic, uh, or any, any of those things. But I can always feel the energy shift mm. when you have left the room yeah. and you're not here anymore. Yeah. And I talk to you and you don't respond and it's like, you're not there. And it's much less pleasant. And when I actually really don't like it mm. when you're on your phone in front of me, because your attention is completely sucked into that thing and you're not here with me. And even if we're not talking or doing something intentional together, you're not here with me and I enjoy you being here with me. And I think I've noticed, and I'm only realizing now how much that drain and how that has affected how I felt and how I felt toward you at times and like feelings like irritation a lot of irritation, I think, and just like, oh, kind of, or, you know, where you say something and you have to say it three times to get to the person. And uh, yeah, I, I realized that that's had a really big effect on me for you being on Instagram. Yeah, I'm. what you're describing just reminds me of how I used to feel in a previous partnership where the, my partner was a lot more on, its, on his phone than I was and definitely sucked into different realms. I think that's one of the things I like about Instagram is that I can stay here and yet go explore different realms, different visual worlds, different thoughts and ideas. You need fairly deep 
and complex ideas to satisfy your need for inspiration. I am actually, I've always been more of a butterfly when it comes to that. When I was a kid, my dad would get super annoyed at me because he was probably a bit more like you. And he didn't understand that I could like be doing my homework and two minutes in want to go and look at the butterfly outside or decide that maybe it could be really cool to catch some flies and see what they do if I put them in a jar, you know? like Get your homework done first, then do that after. Yeah. Simple formula. Yeah, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> that doesn't work for me. I'm the happiest I am is when I have an endless period of time that's like completely open and usually it will look like there's stuff everywhere and I just go from one thing to the next at my, you know, like just the way I please. So, yeah. I, I was always the kid that came, I was the model kid on this. I came home from school got my homework done, had the rest of the day to do whatever I wanted. And it was not over my shoulders. It was just methodical like that. And let's be real. Most of the time I had my homework finished before I ever got home from school. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, Were it, you it, doing it, your homework during class? School was just not very hard most of the time. Yeah, school was not. But, but so, yeah, in one way, this is also why this is tricky for me. Because social media, Instagram in particular, for me, I don't have... Uh, Twitter feel like I didn't I, I didn't even know Twitter still existed just like it's who big. is, it's still, the who is one. still on Twitter who I mean besides Donald Trump I don't know who is still on Twitter uh, <laughs> everyone else should leave Twitter if, if I, but I think uh, Facebook I don't know although I'm contemplating like joining again as we're I don't know I feel like we're in a stage of life where I want to connect more with people after two plus years of, of what, three years almost of being kind of removed from the world in different ways, I feel like I get a lot of joy out of connecting with like-minded people or maybe people who are like a few steps ahead on the path or people who are a few steps behind on the path. I just, I just get a lot of fulfillment out of this. Even though I'm an introvert, I have a lot of my needs that are extroverted. I like that too, which is why I like to write on a blog and why I, we podcast. Yes. I, they're just forms that I think are more conducive to actually having the kind of deep, meaningful connection that I want. Mm. It doesn't happen as often as social media, but I find when it does, it's a lot more gratifying. And I feel like it's an actual conversation instead of someone dropping in to like drop a few emojis on me and then leave. Yeah, I no, I, I get, I get that. I think you're right that there's, there can be a shallowness, but I, I think it was Brene Brown in uh, Braving the Wilderness who talked about like her experience with social media and saying like, you know, social media is a good place as long as you take the interactions elsewhere, and that's what I'm doing. That's why Instagram is really cool for me because I can connect with someone, realize that we might have a good connection and then say, okay, cool. Let's get on a call. Let's, you know, let's take out, let's take that out somewhere else where we can actually have a meaningful conversation. And it happened recently where I had a conversation with a lovely friend of mine now, and we've talked for two hours on the phone. Yeah. I think you've used social media better in that way, in a way I've never been good at. So I would put an asterisk next to Brene Brown's advice there, which is that. And as long as it doesn't affect you more negatively than mm. it does positively. Yes. And for some people, I think that's not a problem. Like, it just isn't. But for me, I'm extremely sensitive. I, I think we do not really... Well, I think we really, really, really underestimate the impact of our environments. 
And, and that is an environment. And I think there's a lot of things that are being suggested to us, whether we like it or not, through the feeds, through the ads, through the structure. I mean, this is not a free conversation. It is structured in a very particular way, extremely intentionally, and a lot of times, like, statistically, right, to produce certain outcomes. Yeah. This is not a free conversation. This is happening in a very specific way, and we're being structured by that. We are thinking differently because of that. This is a very early experiment. I feel like, you know, it, it, sometimes it's like, whoa, wait, this happened. I remember in college when my girlfriend signed me up for an account for free when Facebook first came out of the Ivy League system. Yeah. And like, I had no idea what it was and I didn't want it then. And I, I should have stuck with that. That was a, would have been a better choice. <laughs> Save 10 years of my life. But it's such an early experiment. I feel like sometimes I'm like, wait, it, it doesn't even look like anyone realizes. Like, we have no idea what this is doing to us. And I think we're starting to wake up to that. That seems to be at least, that seems to be what's going on right now is there's a wake-up call or like, oh, we've been on like a three-day bender and, and we woke up on the front lawn and we're not looking so hot. <laughs> and maybe we, we need to think about, you know, checking into rehab or something. And I... I, I <laughs> And and I think uh, I'll say this is, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I agree. I don't think social media is a problem. I think the structure of it, the for-profit model is a problem. And there's really, really big philosophical questions and also where we're going, right? Like, what are we setting Google up? What are we setting Facebook up? What are we setting these, these big companies up for later? Mm -hmm. You know, they're using a lot of this in, in different ways. There's a reason why it's free. Like, Maybe they don't advertise, but they're using your information because it's valuable to them. And so that is going to have a future impact. So, And I, and I think most of us don't look beyond what it does for us right now. And if it's free, great, because not enough things in life are free. But this is not free. I think the other thing is, this is a symptom of a bigger problem. Of I think this is a symptom of a spiritual crisis. And to me, it is, you know, are we willing to be with ourselves? At our core, how do we want to spend our time? And I think there's such a fear in America of really being alone, like solitude, being alone with yourself. There, We are running blindly and as fast as we can away from being with ourselves. And I think social media is just the carrot at the end of the stick on that. It's just like, what a great way to do that. Okay. This is a great way. You can never be with yourself if you want social media. That's one of the promises of social media is you can always be somewhere else. And in my life, especially in the last five years, everything that's happened is because I've chosen to turn around and embrace myself and be with myself. And the more I've cultivated that relationship, the more everything in my life has changed for the better in in radical ways. And as I've seen that happen, I have a lot less tolerance for things that are that are trying to disconnect me and alienate me from myself. That is such a good point. <laughs> that is such a good point. And the reason we're laughing is because we took like a I, a twenty second break, <laughs> and I thought Julie Roxanne was like thinking of something really like really really poignant to put on top of that, and then she, then she just said that. Then you just said that. No, but it is it is such a good point, and I think it just. You tend to think about things on a more like ideal level and I tend to feel things inside of me and, and I think we end up coming to the same conclusions. And one thing I realized this morning is I had like a five minute 
moment where you weren't in bed and I was waiting for you to come back and we were in the middle of a conversation or something. And instead of just, you know, waiting, I took my phone and I went on a private uh, community that I'm a part of. So it's not like, it's not fully on social media. It's not Instagram, Facebook or anything, but it is still like a social community. Um, and there's no, like, it's not a for-profit, there's no algorithm behind it or whatever, like d dictating what I'm getting, but it's still like a bunch of people sharing their lives and you being able to comment and like. And I realized something this morning and I wondered, our brains are not really wired to receive this much information about peers first thing in the morning. Like, you know, like in, in kind of a, a more natural environment or, or gentle, you, you would wake up and, and hear what's going on with your close family, like with your partner and your kids in your house, but not with like a stranger who lives in, in the other side of the world and that had something happen to them. And I noticed myself with the, those five minutes of, of reading on there, how anxious I got really fast, even though it's not, you know, the traditional Instagram and stuff, because I don't think our brain are designed to hold this much information about people's personal lives, especially not like first thing in the morning. I think we also have to be careful because we could shape our brains to do that. And is that something we want? And that's one of the messages that comes out of the shallows, mm -hmm. the book I mentioned earlier is mm -hmm. that our, you know, Books were a very recent and pretty short experiment. And we may be post-book or yeah. on our way out to a world where, where books are no more. And books did a lot in the fact that they, they kind of shaped our brains and shaped the way we thought about the world. Mm. This is also doing that. And I think we have to ask, is like this a path we want to keep going down? As we look at and see the results, it seems like we're getting. I'll say this, maybe to wrap up here, is, and I don't think I really put these two together until we had just talked but since going off instagram how long ago was that uh, over a week maybe i feel like maybe it's not a coincidence that we've been having a really good week together <laughs> it's true we've taken a little bit more time we've spent some time having some pretty like tough challenging but rewarding conversations doing some like kind of couples work together we've been playing some board games yes Pandemic Legacy Season 2 is the shit. The shit. It's an amazing board game. <laughs> I absolutely recommend it. And uh, I think, you know, it's probably not a coincidence that those two are uh, happening at the same time. I think this is, this is you're right. And uh, this is just proof to me that I know that on some level I need and I want to be on social media for the work that I have to do. I think that it is going to be important for me to be on it, but this is just showing to me how mindful I need to be. And I think that this break I'm taking is part of that mindfulness is realizing when I got enough and I need to step away from it to come back with a fresh perspective. And, you know, I think we don't have to all delete everything tomorrow. This is not the message I think we're trying to get across. It's just maybe there's a there's a way to approach these things and see what they're doing to our brains, what they're doing to our lives, how much attention and time we're spending on it and seeing if that works for us or not.
And I think it's, it's not just... I think it's asking the questions and then adding up the math. Yeah. We'd like to thank you to have given us your time and attention and, uh, and listened to this conversation. Yeah, it's really valuable. After talking all about that, how important our attention is, the fact that you give us some of your attention every every week. Well, hopefully. Yeah. You know, we don't know. But, or even just for this episode, is uh, it's kind of a miracle. It's and really amazing. And this is some of the, you know, I think we harped on a lot of the negatives, but this is some of the power of it too. Is yeah. that it connects people and, and we can have these kind of connections. And I love that. And I hope that this is valuable for you. I hope that when you choose to spend your attention and your time listening to us, that this is valuable for you. And maybe you can ask yourself, how has this been valuable for me today? So without further ado, we'd like to ask you to share this on social media. <laughs> Why? We're not being on there. Yeah, we're, we're not, not there. On we need there. you to do it because we're not. We've decided to leave. So we need everyone on it to share it or else we're screwed. So we're going to miss out. So if social media is not good for you, please stay on it because we need you to share it on social media. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is my, actually, this is my plan in life. It's just... I don't want to be on there, but I see some of the benefits. So maybe I can like make partnerships with people <laughs> for them to help me be on there when I'm not on there. Uh, that is my INTJ mastermind. Yeah, yes. We love you. Take care of yourself. And uh, we'll see you next week. Toodles. Toodles. <laughs>